0: Hi guys, Jason here. I want to tell you about Wink.com. W-I-N-C. It's a great way to discover new wine if you don't know a bunch about wine. Basically, all you do is go to their website, fill out a survey based on your flavors, what you're into, what you're not into, and they ship personalized selections right to your door. They start at just $13 a bottle. You get to come home to a box that's been customized just for you, and then you can start chugging ASAP. There's no membership fees. You can cancel anytime if you want to skip a month because you're out of town or because you don't have money. No problem. Shipping is covered. If you don't like the bottle, they'll replace it with one you love today. Even if you use wink.com slash the stew, you get $20 off your first shipment. Try wink.com, T R Y W I N C dot com slash the the stew and you get to uh you get to support us over here at the pod and we can keep delivering you great episodes to your door every week enjoy the show i said what you know about it it's the stew baby got knees in plus youngest doula baby oh. and the room a lot Hello, hello! You're listening to the Stew podcast about food. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conaparo is here. I'm here. We're on. Uh, we're on the internet right now. You're you're in the car. You're going on your way to jury duty. You're playing golf. You're doing all the things that you do when you listen to podcasts. And we thank you for listening. We don't have a guest today because. We have a lot of uh, backlog questions that we wanted to just get through and power through. And thanks to all of our listeners, thanks to all of our newfound wine, wine heads uh, who joined us after listening to last week's episode with John bon- Bonnet. Yeah. Bonnet. That's, that's... John, and I also didn't ever put together that his name being John Bonnet is something, something more than meet, met the eye. Yeah, I don't know if you want to jump on that right away. <laughs> but yeah, that's a thing. I mean, that's, that's what, if we don't do it, what is, the, what is our purpose on
1: the internet, you know? I, I, there's so many other things that we <laughs> hopefully do on the internet than that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, we all know where you're coming from now. I'm coming from a bad place of malice. <laughs> okay. Um, For all you wine followers, this is where you stop listening and never come back. That's not true at all. Thank you. We, uh, so we,
0: ha- since we've had guests and we've been focusing on other stuff, we haven't really even talked about what's going on in our lives, you know? What questions do we have to answer? We, uh, what did we do last week? We went to that, um, the Jewish Passover ugly drum pop-up thing and had some wild Jewish food that is still kind of on my mind.
1: Yeah, that f- was the best matzo ball soup I've ever had.
0: Yeah, it's so, it's so weird. Like it was, it was a pop-up that was featuring Passover foods from our friend Kevy and Koufax, the restaurant that Nicole Rucker does stuff at, and they own Bloodso's and Golden State and all.
1: And Ugly Drum Pastrami, ugly which drum. is you can get at the Smorgasburg every Sunday, which is, I mean... Some, on a good it, day, it could it, be the best pastrami in town. Yeah, it's the only thing close to Langer's, you know, in the continental U.S., See
0: bold words, and, that, I, and, it, and I
1: stand by them. I don't say bold words that often. I don't say most it, people it, agree
0: they're bold words, but it, it, it is true. And and that matzo, there was other things like he did latkes that had like some smoked sable fish and creme fraiche and and fish eggs, and that was like a like an elevated lot latke, latke, which is nice. And what 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 makes a latke, latke different than <laughs> a hash brown? Because it tastes different,
1: and I don't know. Um, I mean, well, they're seasoned. They're always seasoned. Um, And there's usually, I feel like... Something more than salt? Yeah, and some recipes call for egg. And I think hash browns, like, they basically... You've got different techniques of shredding them, whether you freeze them after you shred them, or whether you boil them before you shred them, or if you just put them on raw. Mm -hmm. Like, American hash browns just hit the griddle, I think, with oil and salt and pepper. Right. 99% of the time unless you're doing something fun at home. Yeah. And And latkes are usually a recipe varying from every place. I think there's flour. Is there flour in There can be. Or schmaltz. Sometimes they're cooked in schmaltz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're little or hash brown big. Well, I mean, that's the other thing about latkes. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about latkes is that I've had ones like the size of my fist. I've had ones like they made at Secret Deli that was really thin. You know, like an almost, it was like a quarter of an inch thin, really nice, crispy. It was like the size of a burger patty. I mean, I thought it's smaller. smaller as far as like how thick it so was. So it was a ripoff, prior for how small no, of a wasn't It wasn't at all. No. Jesus Christ. But I, I f- there's no, <clears throat> I mean, I think Locke is a classic example of a recipe that varies, that has no uniform size, shape, seasoning, mm-hmm. texture, yet somehow it all kind of fits. You know, under one umbrella.
0: Hash, um, have you? Uh, I, I saw a good hash brown hack of microwaving the shredded potatoes for like two minutes before you cook them in the pan. Microwaving frozen shreds in no. the package, or just... you, you shred and then you put them into a kitchen
1: towel, squeeze all the moisture out of it. <laughs> It's so much work to do that, that one step, that classic step of squeeze. I mean, but it's all it's all essential though. It's such a pain in the that's ass. That's why I'm making hash browns at home. Fucking no, that's sucks. why you make them and then freeze them. Mm. You make them, freeze them. You don't freeze them this get house, a lot of, You get a lot of water content out of that, and then you put them in a waffle maker. That's how you do it. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiots! You just freeze it, and when you freeze it, then the water turned to ice. And then it just, and then it goes away up to heaven?
1: Well, you want to spread it out on a sheet. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so when the water freezes, it's going to go by by easier. It's going to poke all the cell walls inside the potato because it's raw. It's not cooked, which helps with texture. And then it also, you're losing some of the moisture too by freezing it in the freezer. And then you like a waffle iron because you get the crisp on it
0: without using so much fat, perhaps? Because uh, I think the secret to a good hash brown is you have to use like way more oil than you want to Yeah, I mean, that's pretty
1: much that's what it comes down to as far as I've never been able to make uh, a shredded hash brown at home that I've liked as much as I've had elsewhere. So mm-hmm. instead of being like a halfway crook where it's really unhealthy and it's not as good...
0: Right, what's the point? I'll
1: make it healthier... And not good, but maybe not the best ever. And then also, you know, really appreciate it when I'm getting like a really nice seasoned griddle breakfast style. I'm trying to think where the best hash browns I ever had were. I still think it's the Cliff's Edge Cafe in Santa Cruz, California, but it's been a long time. Those were, might've been my favorite. Best brown in town. I'll tell you what, it is not the fucking Waffle House. It's not the w- Waffle, Waffle House. House. is awful. And I understand anyone who's got nostalgia or anybody who loves it because they grew up with it or they've got a thing for it. But, like, bringing yourself back to any kind of, again, romanticism or nostalgia for the Waffle House, that food sucks. You could say the same about Del Taco. And right? I've eaten at a Waffle House so many times because it was the only option Are you, while is, traveling.
0: Is Andre Canaparo claiming Awful House? Is that headline read? I will Awful not. House?
1: I will not say it like that. But yes, the sentiment is same.
0: Awful House, house is not great, but I love going there when I'm. I in, will go there. I the still South. will
1: go there. It's fine, and it's fun, and whatever. And, and I again, love that I can eat three meals of food, and it costs eight dollars. Smothered and covered, baby. But yeah, I, I, I'll have fun and I'll go and fine. But anybody who wants to sit down and tell me that it tastes good is crazy.
0: Also, anybody who eats their not blacked out is a <laughs> terrible person and they need to go to jail. Sure, You have to be absolutely wasted. And you can't go to Awful House anytime before 3 a.m.
1: Or you're like a psychopath. But, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like no one says Denny's is great. Mm-mm. And I feel like Denny's is... Absolutely 100% as good as Waffle House, if not better. And by good, I mean awful. Yeah. But it's like, no one's just like, man, when I get home, pff, Denny's, that's what's <laughs> up. You talk to some, somebody from the South, and they're like, man, first stop mm-hmm. before I hit mom's from the airport, mm-hmm. going WH. What regional specialty
0: do you so, get? And it's like, what, I but, get scrambled eggs oh. and some bacon. But S- some bacon that you would find on like a Sonic burger. But I understand why people would love it. I just
1: blind taste test. It's not
0: working. You don't go blind at Awful Awful House. I, I uh, and and also at that pop up they had the you didn't try it but the horseradish vodka which mm-hmm. is an infusion that I am in love with. Uh, I had it's it good Bloody Mary. Yeah, I had it a few months ago. Uh, Stew listener do is probably listening. Um, she she did a full Russian fiesta, where there's this Russian restaurant, I think in Portland, and the, the chef from that restaurant put out a cookbook, and she cooked like 10 different dishes from it, and one of them... And they, they do a lot of uh, vodka infusions, the Russians. Sure. And there's, you know, there's like strawberry, blah, 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 different flavors. But the horseradish, it's so addicting. And it's the easiest thing to make. I was like, how did you do this? And you just... Great, fresh horseradish into a bottle of vodka, let it sit overnight, st- strain out the horseradish, and it's done. Yeah. Like, you don't have... It doesn't take two weeks. It, it, you could probably do it in, like, five hours. And, the, and it just... It makes it... When, so when the burning of vodka goes down your, your throat, that sweet, sweet burn that lets you... The only thing that you can feel sometimes, it makes it even better. And it, and it opens up the sinuses, and it just
1: makes mm-hmm. it uh, fun and funny. But it also infuses so well and so quickly. Like yeah, a lot man. of times you'll have an infused vodka and it'll be like, yeah, it's infused with Lincoln Berry and ramps. And you're like, <laughs> it tastes like vodka. <laughs> um, but you put horseradish in for like 20 minutes and you're like, whoo. Yeah. What is this? How, what is this, a 78, 79? What vintage <laughs> is this? What else can we infuse
0: horseradish in is what I want to know. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do any other infusions like that, send me a DM. Um. We also last weekend attended a, a a barbecue party that was based only around the art of deep frying. Yeah, which was which was rough. I feel like I'm still hmm. trying to burn off the calories from last weekend. It hasn't.
1: My buddy Dustin told me about it. I'd never been. This is his fifth year of doing it, and he was like, "Yeah, you come to my house on Sunday." Every Sunday after Easter, I have like a fry party, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. And like, I kind of pictured. the fries? Yeah, you know, I pictured him, like, you know, whatever, frying a turkey or. Because I think he even mentioned a turkey or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thought it would be fun. I had no idea that people went real hard in the paint bringing everything, and it was sick, and it was. It was so much better. I mean, I knew uh, he's a great guy. His girlfriend's great. I knew that there'd be nice people there. But as far as like the effort made to make it wild was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was beyond my wildest dreams.
0: Yeah, because nothing more fun than just having, because
1: they had the turkey fryer. They had where- like four kinds of batter, including mm-hmm. a batter which base was Captain Crunch cereal. And then he separated the cereal by color to make it festive. Yeah, man. It's incredible. Yeah, man. It was wild. But they... Uh, the dessert they, batter was... That's right. It was Captain Crunch.
0: There was... Um, Sick. I feel like a, a hash brown would be nice in that. But I, but by the end of it, stumbled across the toaster strudel Monte Cristo. But that... All right. Which is <laughs> something... That was my
1: favorite thing. Was gonna, okay.
0: <laughs> Ooh, you know what we we'll call come that? back to it. We
1: call that a cliffhanger. We'll call back
0: that's a cliffhanger. Yeah.
1: Um But what so I mean we walk up he's deep frying like all different kinds of vegetables in this really great savory like paprika batter thing that was going on. Mhm. We did, what else was deep frying? There we just was did pieces of bacon? Wings. We also deep fried some brisket that you made, Andre. We deep fried brisket. I made a brisket which sadly was really Took good, it to a new level that which means we might have to do
0: it again. I kinda can't stop thinking about it in know, a weird way. It was way. really good. It was really good. <clears throat> yeah, man. Like it just takes it. It just takes it there. And you don't want it to. You know what I mean? It's just kinda like you spend your life like building your favorite classic car and then some guy's like, Why don't you just put nitrous in there? and you're like, No, I don't want it. It's a it.
1: lot. And then it's you better. and then you put the nitrous in there and you're like, God damn it. And I gotta refill this thing. It's just like another messy step that's just so annoying when it's already kind of a long process. I mean, it's like it's like a ten day process to make that thing, and then you're like, oh, and if you do this, which is you gotta like get a fryer and buy oil, and it's gonna suck. And like if you do it indoors, it smells bad.
0: Yeah, it is so funny. Like and to, you're just to like got a giant brisket, and then you like when it's guaranteed to be better. And then you kind of, you, you painstakingly trim it to how you want it to be. You, you concoct your brine and let it sit in the fridge for a week and then you smoke it or sous vide it and you, you baby it like it's this perfect thing and then just into the deep fryer <laughs> for, a yeah. w- for one minute and then you eat. It. <clears throat> but uh, this is what we have to do as people in the food industry, Andre. We're going to,
1: yeah, we'll, we're going to figure out and incorporate that annoyingly. Um, it was good. It was good. And there were yeah, there were fried Monte Cristos. There were people making donuts and hush puppies. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I just I feel I feel my
0: skin sweating just just thinking back to it. But um, on the opposite end of that spectrum, I have been spending a lot of time at the restaurant called Sweet Green lately. Yeah, you got hooked up. I uh, I was lucky enough to get my Sweet Green account deposited some fresh cashew into it, and a restaurant that I would normally not attend too often, I found myself visiting multiple times a week now. Wit which, which you go to the one where is it? I go to the one in Hollywood, Sunset and Gower, right by uh, Sugarfish. Right, the okay. Sweet Green of sushi restaurants. Mm-hmm. But now I'm I'm starting to sort of be turned over into a Sweet Green head just out of the convenience of like ordering it on the app, and then you walk in past the line of people, your salad's already ready, you just grab it and leave. That's what you do. That's what you do, yeah. I I just have the app on my phone, and this is not an ad for... (laughs) And then I'm just like, like do you want to order this salad that you had yesterday? And you just hit one button, and it's like, do you want to pick it up in 15 minutes? And you're like, yeah. And you walk in, and there's a shelf full of 20 salads and different names on it, and you, you find the salad with your name, and you walk out and leave. You don't talk to anyone? I mean, I could just steal a a salad every day.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like... There's no checks or balance system in place at all. I think, you know, written in the DNA of that system is like, look, they're going to get stolen, but they're so convenient and they cost so little to make that people can steal it and we'll just make whoever comes in another one. Yeah, and
0: I think they have another thing where it says, if for some reason you are more than 30 minutes late picking up your salad, they will voluntarily compost it and make you another one.
1: Yeah. Which, I guess, is nice. Yeah, I mean, that was the only reason I used to get, like, a double espresso shot from Starbucks because there's one right next to the gym and it tastes awful, <laughs> but it was, like, a $1.50 for two shots <laughs> and you can order it on ice from the app. Mm. And I, it was just so easy to... Order it and pay from the phone, and pick it up, and never talk to anybody, and not deal with anything. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted caffeine before. Yeah, you last just want a straight dealt. shot of caffeine, chug it down, and then just uh, it, it was it made up for anything else that I didn't like about the actual product. Mm-hmm. The convenience was just insane. Hey, it is interesting of uh, of people who are like resistant to
0: this modern, super fast technology style of having food brought into your mouth without any social interaction or sense of community or any of that.
1: And so it's just an extension of texting. We're so used to communicating without any kind of human contact 10 years later or 15 years later. If from- I
0: didn't do this podcast, I would not open my mouth to do anything but breathe. I remember the first time... When I, when I get a phone call and I see anyone calling me, I just throw my phone and scream.
1: I remember the first time I got a text from somebody on a phone. You know, I had texting for, you know, ever and just never used it. I got a text and I was like, who stole your phone? Why are you texting? Like, what is this text? (laughs) You're an adult. Why are you texting me? (laughs) This is crazy. Please call me, idiot.
0: And... The early days of Andre Kanaparo has social media are starting to (laughs) poke through. We're starting to see an early trend.
1: And... You know, and now I text, but I also find it to be the convenience of it ends very quickly when you need any kind of inflection or insinuation or tone and whatever mm-hmm. it is you're saying. I, I and I can get done in the on a phone call in five minutes, what well, will take me three days through various emails <laughs> back and forth and texting back. I can't do it. Yeah, I yeah. i it.
0: I've championed for years, and I hope one day that. Um, Texting, the iMessage app will one day get the, get the ability to italicize words. And once that happens for me, I feel like my personality will really be able to shine through via text message even more. I love italicizing a word to stress some type of inflection.
1: Yeah, but see, uh, yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Sure. It's going to be big. Um, but then at that same time, a friend of mine had the exact opposite reaction, where he was like, "This is the best way to communicate ever," and I was like, "Do you want a future where everyone you know is a robot?" And he said, "Absolutely." <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. Um, so while I was at Sweet Green just yesterday,
0: I I saw a curious character. If if you saw on my Instagram, I posted R.C. Bates. I posted a picture, a couple of pictures of him. But there was when you walk into Sweet Green, there's always like a a line wrapping around the entire business. Like through the whole dining room, there's just a, you know, there's always a line of at least 20 people in there just waiting to get their salad. And it was like busy lunch rush. And then a guy wearing uh, a full, full suit, head to toe, like business, business looking guy in a wheelchair, wheel, uh, wheel himself in into the sweet green. And he kind of like, had to wheel himself around this line of people and chairs and standing around for their order kind of thing. And I kind of felt bad for him. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to like, you know, you thought waiting in line at Sweetgreen was bad enough. Think about what it's like doing it in a wheelchair, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was reflecting on my being grateful for what I've got. And he kind of wheels up to the front desk and he's talking to the lady and he's like, oh, he's just like realizing that he's going to have to wait in line forever and it's a whole thing. And maybe they're going to give him special treatment or something like that. And then the woman hands him a cup of ice. He grabs the cup and puts it in his teeth because he has to use his hands to wheel himself out. And he wheels himself back out through the winding crowd of people. And then he saddles up to a chair outside, right, right on Sunset Boulevard, you know, bright, sunny. Did he get a salad? Day. No salad, just a cup of ice. And <laughs> And I'm looking at him through the window and he's kind of like, He's really excited that he has this cup of ice. No, and I thought he was going to wheel over to. When is this? This was yesterday afternoon. Hot day. Hot hot day. I mean, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You know, it was it was hot. It's been in the eighties all week, and he's you know he's kind of he's sweating (laughs) because he's wearing a full suit. And he, he took his w- cup of ice, did not fill it up with water, did not fill it up with lemonade or any of the sweet teas or anything. Okay. Goes out to the front. And then he's kind of digging into his wheelchair pack. He has like a backpack on, on, on the back of his wheelchair. Kombucha. No, no, no. No, well, I
1: know where this is going. Close.
0: He pulls Great out, minds think alike. He pulls out a full-size bottle of Belvedere vodka. Okay, I didn't expect
1: Belvedere. So, bro,
0: Expected, definitely a distilled spirit. Not a pop up. I mean, and he's Belvy. He's got. He's he's not a a transient
1: person. He's got could be works a night shift somewhere real fancy. Might be European. Could drink during the day. <laughs>
0: so he's he's got his cup of ice and he's got his f- full fresh. Most bottle. likely
1: raging alcoholic.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he takes his Belvedere and he fills the cup up to the very top. Like he, he leaves like a little splash for milk at the top, and then takes the, the Belvedere bottle, puts it back into his 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 chair sack, rifles and digs through it again, and then produces a tall Kahlua. a tall boy of Monster Energy drink. Oh. And and he starts he starts getting a smile on his face and like you know like, like a kid who just ordered in and out and he's about to get that first bite of the double double tss, tss, cracks the monster and then bloop, like wh- like there was only room for an ounce of monster
1: yeah he's not an idiot
0: it's a splash <laughs>
1: he's not going to ruin a perfectly fine vodka with splash, too much monster sp- splash of
0: monster then can goes on the table he then takes takes a sip. And then it's, it's like a Clark Kent turning into Superman. One sip of the Monster Vodka, and then he, his face lights up, and he's beaming with excitement, digs, digs into his sack again, and then pulls out a brand-new pair of wireless matte black Beats by Dre headphones, puts them on his head upside down with the, the head strap under his chin instead of on top of his head. So yeah. he's wearing the, the wireless headphones upside down, And he just starts stunting on all you idiots. And he just starts just bumping his head and just and just pounding away. Do you think there's any music playing? Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't think so either. And and not a chance. Just just drinking at Sweet Green alone, middle of the day, and then and then he started pretending like he was making business calls and kind of talking to himself a little bit.
1: I have never wanted to go to Sweet Green more in my (laughs) entire life than right now.
0: Um, but yeah, so that's, we hope to work with you in the future, sweet green. You, uh, you are a gift. Yeah, here's a, there's a picture of him from the front making the business. Oh, fun. wow. If you swipe over to the other side, you'll see his Belvedere in the
1: backpack. That is, he really looks pro- like I would invest money with this guy. <laughs> right? He looks like a professional man
0: and, and, uh, he kind of, it looks like a, like a, like a Shutterstock image of like business That's wild. In good wheelchair.
1: photo. Good job.
0: Thank you so much. Um, earlier today, I went to the SGV. Well, what what salad did you get? I've been getting the chi- oh, good question. Chicken pesto
1: bowl. That sounds awful. It's, that sounds like you're eating at an airport in the '90s.
0: It's. Delicious. But
1: it's probably delicious if you're eating it. I'm just saying, you, you, put, you write that on paper and you're time warping me into a layover in Denver. I do, I do add-ons.
0: I do subtractions. You customize every salad from the Sweetgreen app. Yeah. Just visit sweetgreen.com. Spinach. Quinoa. I add black lentils. <laughs> avocado. grilled. For the
1: listeners, he looked at me like he was telling me a secret when he said I add black lentils. Like I'm in a club now. Lentils are a great source of protein. I make lentils every week. You love a lentil.
0: Uh, zatar breadcrumbs. Okay, didn't see that. That's avocado. Nice. Uh, a, Everything else sounds like half an avocado. It's at it Subway. <laughs> but all the ingredients are like organic and right. f- pretty fresh. Right. Um, Parmesan shavings, mm-hmm. uh, cherry tomatoes, and then like a, a very nice pesto vinaigrette. Piece of bread, you dip the bread in the vinaigrette, you pour it over. I mean, and it's, you know, it's maybe like 600, 700 with all the additions. You're chilling
1: and dipping with pesto vinaigrette. I'm I'm into it. It doesn't, I guess, yeah, I mean... And the minute my sweet green gift card runs out, I will never go again. I guess the idea of turkey, pesto, anything's been ruined by ubiquitous bad turkey and pesto things. That's true. Because it, I guess technically it's not bad. It's just... Been at every Quiznos and Subway and... Yeah. And what's the... Uh, Togos. Togos and also like even the, the nicer places that, granted, are better. What's the, the farms? The something farm? M- Mendocino. Mendocino farm. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of shit where it's, it's very like... very Mendocino farmsy. Turkey, pesto, blank. But yeah, all right. Right. I mean, I trust you. Well, you better hurry up and come eat
0: with me soon or else my cashews going to run out, baby. That's the way you're going through it. <laughs> I'm going through it. I haven't bought groceries in months. Like a drunk <laughs> college kid in Vegas. Yum. I love it. Mm. I went to uh, SGV San Gabriel Valley today to eat some mildly hungover dim sum, mm-hmm. which was great. Loved it. And mm-hmm. I went to an Asian market. Mm-hmm. And I've been, wa- I've, you know, we've all been watching a lot of ugly delicious, a lot of David Chang content, like, and a lot of Eddie Wong videos of like, what's it like <laughs> going to an Asian market? It's different, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I bought, I bought something that mm-hmm. I've always wanted to experiment with, uh, an ingredient that's not an Asian ingredient necessarily, but it's one common commonly used in Asian cuisine. It's a, it's a flavor enhancer.
1: Can you guess what it was, Andre? Did you get powdered MSG? I did buy a bag of powdered MSG. <laughs> you could, they had that in 20-pound sacks Ooh. at the Asian grocery that closed on Sunset next to the shortstop.
0: 20 pounds, I mean, I bought a one pound sack and I will, my grandchildren will still be using it. I'll never, I mean, I assume you just put one grain at a time is all you need. I've never used
1: it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like a teaspoon into a whole dish. It's like that kind of thing, I think.
0: But I mean, like, what's, what's to stop you of just like, I'm going to make some smash burgers. On the cast iron this weekend, and instead of putting salt on it, you put MSG on it. What
1: happens then? Nothing. I mean, there's plenty of places in Asia that have it as a condiment on the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not. But I mean, what's going to happen then flavor-wise? You'll have to find out. And you'll also have to feel how your body... What I mean, do you, what do you it's think been will pretty, happen? I think it's been fairly debunked that MSG is, like, unhealthy. I mean, in a way that, like, sodium, that salt is also right. unhealthy. So it's kind of like very slight degrees in the same kind of ballpark yeah. as far as like salt and other soy sauce it and flavor to, enhancers.
0: It seems to have been demystified other than it... <laughs> mi- Except
1: the one thing is is that people definitely are allergic to it in varying degrees. Mm. Like in the same way that somebody would be allergic to peanuts. And I don't think anybody has it like an anaphylactic shock reaction to it, mm-hmm. but the headaches and the gastrointestinal stuff is mm-hmm. definitely not psychosomatic people don't make that up right some people I mean you can make up uh, the other thing too le- is like lethargy. It, I think it's gotten uh, well look I don't know that much about it but I, I can say speculating that it's gotten a bad rap from guilt by association mm-hmm. like Providence is not using MSG You're getting MSG from like an off-brand Panda Express that's going to make you feel like shit anyways. And it's going to taste good. Mm -hmm. But like you're getting MSG from places that aren't necessarily high-end. So when people are like, oh, MSG makes me sick. It's like, what'd you have? Oh, a General Tso's chicken. And you're like, yeah, you can feel like shit after that. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. whether MSG was in that or not. So I, you know, I think that's part of it. But definitely it can be an allergen. Right,
0: like I ate... A bunch of animal style fries and all the sodium just fucked me up. Yeah, like maybe it was the half pound of cheese and French fries you yeah. ate as well. Yeah. Um, all right. So I will be experimenting with MSG soon. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll make my own QP mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Um, so let's uh, let's get to some questions, Andre. Mm-hmm. We only have four thousand of them. Um. <clears throat> we have some old ones. We'll just power through speed round style. Raymundo, favorite Korean barbecue spot? Parks. Parks, parks in Koreatown is my your favorite. question. Parks. For sure. Um, Wheel Yum. What is your go-to dish to bring to a party slash a gathering that has maximum flavor bomb in mind?
1: Mm.
0: Maximum flavor
1: bomb in mind. Jason brings... A seven onion dip.
0: hmm
1: I feel like that's the most flavorful thing in a compact container that you make. I don't have an answer to that question because I don't have one. I don't have, like, a super crazy flavorful thing I always bring. I mean, maybe just a whole brisket
0: is... Uh, yeah, I mean, but I don't always it's a do fla- that. It's a flavor bomb.
1: I feel like this is somehow, like, a brunchy kind of, like, question. So I would say, like, a torta de riso is what I always bring, which is, like, a rice casserole. And that's just... Packed with um, a lot of parmesan and whatever is in the fridge, or whatever was good vegetable wise, and some guanciale or some bacon or something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's an umami flavor bomb, mm-hmm. but that's like something I think to make people like it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a I don't have a blow your mind flavor dish like your seven layer your seven not layer seven onion dip.
0: Right. Well, that's okay. You're 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 more modest man in the kitchen. Christine, O Christine D O, not to be confused with Dan O's sister. Christine, what is the best drunk sandwich when there's only Seven Eleven open and it's five a.m.? Pizza sandwich. So we're making a sandwich out of only Seven Eleven ingredients. Pizza sandwich.
1: Yeah, hot pocket. Hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're. I don't think there is. I mean. It, if she was saying we, loosely using the term sandwich, I mean, like I remember definitely getting big bites. Big bite. Big bites, great. I'm thinking.
0: Um, I'm thinking. We get We got. We got the Wonder Bread at the Seven Eleven. We get a couple of those cheesy hot dogs. Cut them in half lengthwise. Put them on the bread.
1: Wait, I have an answer. Ketchup <laughs> I mustard. I have an answer.
0: And then you put chips on there as well.
1: I have an answer because I remember. I remember getting this Uh at the 7-Eleven in Santa Cruz, sometimes after bartending on the walk home. Lunchable. Lunchable. (laughs) A lunchable with potato chips. And so you're making, you're taking Ritz crackers, cheddar cheese, turkey, and then putting like some tor- some potato chips in that, and that's a sandwich. That's so you, a sandwich. you make a
0: lunchable, and you add a chip, yeah, to it, yeah,
1: sub chips. You, you don't,
0: oh, you sub the chip for the Ritz.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, it's kind of like sub me, like just a joke. Got it, got it.
0: Okay, yeah, that's um, I mean, yeah, that is a dark one, but mm-hmm. it's all there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very dark. Comes with the Capri Sun.
0: Oh, <sighs> hello, Lach, Lachlan. Hi. Mr. Jeans, what is the best way to make eggplant parmesan without the eggplant getting soggy? Eggplants just seem to beat to the sound of their own drum more often than not. Uh, That's a
1: tough one. I mean, I feel like, is it impossible? I don't think it's that tough. I think it's any kind of home frying is tough. Mm -hmm. I think is what it comes down to. If you ask any question, it just takes a lot of oil and takes a lot of care to pay attention to temperature. So yeah. if you want a really good and then batter too because it's like the eggplant's just the eggplant.
0: Mhm.
1: I mean it depends on how you slice it and you want to get some of the moisture out, you want some of the bitterness, you want to salt it get a lot before. Of out. I mean not necessarily depending on the breading. I mean it's like the one thing about eggplant is that sometimes frying is the best way to cook it. Um but I think You need a lot of oil. I don't think you wanna kind of like shallow fry. Yeah, you don't wanna do like an inch of oil in a pan. I think you want to deep fry. I think it's not something that you make casually. I don't I mean it's one of those things that you just really have to go all in on. It's an operation that you have to commit to. You need like a solid like, you know, four inches of oil. And you need a thermometer to make sure that your oil is at like 350, 375. And you want to pay attention to when you're dropping your eggplant parmesans in, um, how low the temperature dips and how quickly it comes back up. Um, but what about? Because that's a really hard part. If you're not using an electric flyer with a fryer with a heating element, if you're using like a gas or electric stove and just have a pot, you know the way you balance the temperature of the oil and then crank it to get it hot to come back up. That's all manual. Whereas mm. if you're using a normal fryer that has a heating element, it's adjusting kind of by itself and you don't really have to pay attention or worry about the oil then getting too hot. If you're mm. not paying attention when you drop things, and you're bringing back up. Um, buy a fry daddy. Buy a fry daddy. Use a lot of oil. Make sure it's hot. Pay attention to the temperature of the oil. Um, you know, I would depend on the kind of batter you're using. Um, I, You know, panko, to me, fries really well without needing as much coating and as bready as, like, the normal, traditional flat breadcrumbs, which kind of have no texture and just become really starchy. Is it Italian sacrilege to use panko, though? I don't think so. I think so. But also, you know, it's like people do chicken parmesan and eggplant. Well, I guess this isn't the point because you make it however you want to make it, but I'm not a good... Big fan of frying and then baking. I think it's like the worst way to eat any kind of Parmesan dish. Mm-hmm. I think you want to fry last and then have like a broiler ready, put a little slice of mozzarella on it, stick it under the broiler, melt the cheese really quick, ladle on sauce, and then eat immediately. What about ladle the sauce and then put the
0: eggplant on top? Yeah, I mean, you can do that too. That's fine. Like a shakshuka. Sure. Okay. Mr. Cucumber, one of our fave listeners, Mr. Jeans, Andre, (laughs) need some honest opinions here. What would be your ultimate meal plan if you suddenly won the lottery and chartered a stupidly expensive yacht in the Mediterranean with some friends and a team of private chefs? (laughs) Feel free to throw in... Extracurricular activities you would indulge in as well. <laughs> uh, ultimate meal plan for a Mediterranean yacht. Money is no object because we won the lottery.
1: I don't know. This goes back to me, you know, not having... That's a lot to think about and Mr. take Cucumber, in. Cucumber, that's
0: a lot. That's a whole episode. Because
1: that's like, then you're in a yacht. You're in the middle of nowhere. You have to bring all the ingredients with you or fish off the boat and if money is no object, you can bring any ingredients with you. I don't know. I mean, I guess if I'm on a boat, on a yacht, um, drinking wonderful cocktails and champagne, um, mm. like really just really high-quality raw bar stuff. Yeah, raw bar stuff. And then for at night, just pastas. Really, really high quality pastas, or some mm-hmm. kind of more Korean style grilled meats and fermented vegetables—banchan. That'd be—we're on the Mediterranean here, Andre. Yeah, so you got access to great produce to ferment.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of fermenting at sea. Sure, yacht-based fermentation. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the move—is the high, the high-dollar raw ingredients. You're you know your your deckhand is is doing a, a a deep dive he's pulling up a bushel full of sea urchins he's 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 uh, co-working an octopus out of his cave and and killing it w- instantly by biting his brain hopefully losing a
1: finger too while trying to do it
0: hopefully he's losing a finger he only has a couple left and then you know he's beating that octopus on the on the over the bow of the boat yeah you know, stuff like that. I want to be I want to be slurping those oysters down, those caviars, those sea urchins. There's got to be bubbly. And cocaine.
1: Yeah, a lot of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Cocaine, and then definitely throwing all of your garbage just off into the water.
1: Cigarette butts go over the boat. Yeah, I'm stuff hitting like a that. lot of beer cans with like a driver off the back of the yacht mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, extracurricular stuff like that. And then also... You know, the uh, extracurricular indulgencies. The, the boat will come equipped with dirt bikes that I will meet my fate on an island on. Like, yeah,
1: weaponized helicopters are definitely a part of this party, for sure. I so think, you can just shoot dolphins as you see them. Like when you get bored of the... You're like, oh, another dolphin jumping. Fire up the Apache. It's time to go hunting.
0: The drone's coming with.
1: Yeah, I mean, just hell-firing missiles into like yeah. whale pods. Yeah. You know, ballership. Yeah, just fun stuff. All right.
0: <clears throat> Candace V Kim.
1: Knives. Looking for a good <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great segue from weaponized helicopters into Kim says knives. <laughs> knives. Uh Looking for a good, not too expensive,
0: do-it-all knife. What are your suggestions? I'm a new listener, so Mac. my
1: bad. If you already answered. No, this is a great, This uh, we'll, we should answer this question 18 times a year because it's the first thing anybody should own. Get a Mac knife off Amazon or a local knife shop. Um, it's a European-style kitchen knife that um, is probably my favorite knife. It used to be a global. Um, this is probably 20% cheaper I find the edge to be a lot nicer. I'm a huge fan. So it's a, it's a Japanese knife made as a German-style um, chef's knife. Whereas I is I, my answer. I
0: side more on the global
1: chef's knife. Yeah, 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 I feel like yeah, the global knife
0: that has the handle that has all the little black divots, mm-hmm. kind of like a polka dot-looking handle. Great knife. Uh, I like it a little bit more than the Mac. The Mac gets a sharper blade on it, and but, you can do more. But infra- they're also
1: blunt nose. They're round nose. It's a yeah. very specific you have to appreciate that. I mean, it's probably not the one... If you could only have one, that probably wouldn't be the one. But it's the one that I reach for more than anything, mm. by far.
0: I, I like the global because it has a little bit more weight to it. Mm-hmm. And it has that point. And since it has the point, you can literally only buy that knife. And you never need this is true. another knife for anything. You can supreme small citrus. You could break down a whole side of beef and everything in between with it. I think that knife. I I don't use another knife for anything really. Mm-hmm. If if you're a desert island, that's all you need for anything.
1: Easy to sharpen, easy to clean. I prefer my my chef's knives to be like eight inches instead of a ten-inch chef knife. Um, Interesting. I, the they get heavier the longer they get. They get a little more unwieldy and even after you've been working the <coughs> working out,
0: more? sure. Interesting,
1: okay. I have I have a tenant chef's knife that is probably my least used knife. Andre, less of a size queen than we all assumed. It's true.
0: All right. We're, uh, okay, our, our dear friend at Yeo, best ideas for meal prep that's a little more interesting than just broccoli and brown rice. Yeah. Yeah, check out sweet green Chicken Pesto Bowl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, maybe get them can- to hire you to DJ a few events, throw some money on the card, <laughs> and then... You can eat like you're in the 90s. <laughs> I say uh, quinoa and broccolini
0: is how you spice things up more than broccoli and brown rice. No, I, uh, Andre and I both do a meal preppy kind of things every week. You know, Sunday, Sunday go to the farmer's market, get a bunch of shit that looks interesting, buy different stuff every time to keep it fresh and funky, and just get everything and you can just kind of steam it. And it's already cooked in your fridge and then you can finish it however you want. You can just eat it steamed. You can make a fried rice out of it. You can sizzle it all up into a big bowl. You can walk, toss it. You can just microwave it, whatever you want. Um, I always make sure to steam a a whole Japanese sweet potato every week to just kind of throw in with everything. And then I like to keep things spicy by always experimenting with a new sauce for a meal prep bowl kind of thing. I've been making this fucked up sauce lately. It's like a it's like a thick condiment that's based off of... It's like guacamole, Greek yogurt, Dijon, a little bit of mayo, and then a lemon juice or a vinegary acid, salt pep, and some hot sauce. And it's like this pale green, pretty gross-looking kind of thick sludge that you can then just kind of smear on the inside of your bowl and then fill it up with whatever you want, and you can just... Grab a Brussels sprout and run it through the sludge, or mix it in as much as you want, or mix it in as little as you want, mm-hmm. and then it kind of has a. You're, you're getting some of those fats in there that will help keep you satiated throughout your day while you're just eating a bunch of quinoa and steamed veggies. Yep. Um, yeah, and then um, not being afraid to put putting a, a bad girl cruncher in there, <laughs> you know. So, um. Some hand-crushed tortilla chips. Some toasted nuts. Always toasted nuts So go in there. Yeah, just just get nuts and toast them. The more expensive, the better.
1: Well, I think you... I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach it in the sense that the more you enjoy it, the more you'll want to do it, the more you'll get out of it. And I think it gets broken up into... To me, like, the grains are the least important. And the most important is really being able to cook well and steam a vegetable to the point where it's slightly al dente as far as like when you're steaming broccoli because as it sits in the fridge over two or three days it's it's not going to get better it's not going to age she's going to break down so you want to like learn kind of like really take time to understand how you want to cook your vegetables and and not, you know, be distracted when you've been sitting there for 45 minutes breaking down everything that you just brought back from the farmer's market and then you kind of like walk away. Because the difference to me between four minutes and five minutes of steaming broccoli is a, makes a huge difference to me. Um, anything that you're cooking like that in large batches, you always want an ice bath, you know, mm-hmm. because you're cooking so much. You really want them to be perfect temperature. You want to cool them immediately. They're going in the fridge anyways, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Uh, I think you really want to consider what kind of protein that's going to make you happy too in that mix because if you're doing some grains and some vegetables and you don't have anything else to go with it, it's going to ruin kind of like, well, this is stupid. All I've got is a bunch of vegetables and some rice. Like this sucks. You're going to finish eating it and be like, "Mm, I want something bad now. So if you want to poach like four or five chicken breasts at a time or sous vide them or just roast them with something and then slice them, um sauces are super important to me because that kind of brings everything together and makes what normally is very simple and purposefully plain kind of enjoyable to dip in. So if you're poaching a bunch of chicken breasts and you've got all these nice vegetables, you're still going you know you're going to want to get past like sherry vinegar and olive oil at some point although that's enough for me sometimes. It just I I think there's no <clears throat> there's no best way as far as like what is the best vegetable to meal prep or what is the best grain to meal prep? I think you want to approach that variety is what's going to keep you entertained by what's intrinsically kind of a bland food preparation and the purpose for it, right? So if you have a couple sauces you like, one or two proteins and a couple vegetables all cooked really well, um, you know, I'll take that just by itself in a container with the sauce and enjoy eating it cold or if you want to come home and just have that and make a 5-minute meal out of it you just all throw it in, you know, a wok and toss it together and add a little toasted sesame oil on it or stuff. But I you know I think what you want to do again and I'll finish but really kind of approach it from the idea that this is not you know, there's not one thing for you to make and that's what you're gonna eat. I think you wanna go to the farmer's market, buy as much variation that cooks the same way. Broccoli steams the same way as green beans, the same way bro- the cauliflower steams, the same way that beets roast. I mean, I think my two favorite meal preparations are roasting and steaming. Mm-hmm. And if you combine those, you know, with everything that kind of works in that family, or one week you roast and the next week you steam, will also break things up a little bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just don't. Just keep it varied as much as you can, and you hopefully won't be too disappointed in eating the same thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Uh, Cheech and Bong asks sort of a similar question. What are some special ingredients I should be adding to my morning smoothie? Um, For me, a smoothie. I always think of it as a way to. Are you gonna say kratom? (laughs) I'm not gonna say kratom. That's how you would make a smoothie taste like fucking swamp water. Can't say good. Um, true. Yeah. I mean, I got. I mean, well, I that that kind of goes to my point of. I think of a smoothie as a place to hide and blend and homogenize nutritious ingredients in a way that you don't really know you're eating them, which is one of my favorite. ways. So you're doing like a
1: half cup brine shrimp to a half cup prune. Is that like? Is that I what mean, you're? I'm,
0: I'm talking. Getting a bunch of leafy greens and blending those up to smithereens to where you don't even, you you just ate, you know, two cups of spinach or kale or whatever it is, and it's all blended in. It made your smoothie taste worse, but it's still not bad. You could still choke it down, and all you need to do is just add more sweeter things to balance up the bitterness that the greens are creating. So I always just try to put in a bunch of leafy greens. And especially everyone has the bag of of stuff from Trader Joe's, the kale from Trader Joe's that might be going bad pretty soon. Just dump it all in there and, and, and zip it up that way. Um, and also like other things that people like to do would be like cinnamon and turmeric, like warm warming spices that kind of have those medicinal qualities to them that you can kind of tuck in there. And um, and and like hemp seeds, chia seeds, things like that. I guess those aren't really secret. Mm-mm. A lot of people like putting almond butters in there, mm-hmm. nut butters. I don't. I don't really like it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also instead of like uh, almond milk and things like that can have a decent amount of calories in them. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to lower those calories and get in, make more room for more fruit-based calories uh, instead of using, like, the almond milk, just mix water and Greek yogurt together, and you'll kind of still get that creaminess without all the calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, no, no secret, Cheech and Bong. Also, Cheech and Bong, are you really eating those smoothies? Come on, <clears> buddy.
1: I uh, feel like, I mean, smoothies are, for the most part... If you want a juice, go buy a pressed juice. Don't try and make juice at home. It's too messy. And if you want to make a smoothie good, I think it just, at the end of the day, you can add ingredients that, I mean, this isn't even his question, but it's like a smoothie is such a great example, like sushi, that it's the sum of its ingredients. And if you don't have good fruit and you don't have good vegetables, you don't have good produce... You you can still make something healthy from old beet greens that you saved from making beets like two days before, but it's not gonna taste good. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about like secrets to there's no secret to making a good smoothie. You just need access to good product. And yeah. and, you know, like there's something to be said that, you know, frozen fruit in this case is one of those things that because of what it is, because of smoothies being blended together, that sometimes you're better off. With an out-of-season frozen fruit that was frozen, flash frozen, Often. in season, than trying to like go to the farmers market buy something that's just come out of like the local produce market that isn't seasonal off a farm, mm-hmm. and you're just like, mm, this is an out-of-season blank from Mexico hothouse that mm-hmm. is just showing up here, perpetrating to be organic and and it's just.
0: Especially if you're more of an amateur cook who's unable to tell the quality of the produce by looking at it or feeling it, or mm-hmm. or also being able Shots to, fired. or being able Jesus. to tell the ripeness of things. Yeah, I think to go back to my point of hiding things in the smoothie where it becomes the sum of all the parts. That's a great way to put in vegetables and fruits that are starting to turn. Like a lot of people, like a banana that's turning syrupy and bruised has way more complex flavors and sweetness than a more yellowy one, but it's going to be less of a fun mouthfeel to just peel it and eat it. But when you put it in the in the blender and mix it all up, it tastes... It's going to have way more banana flavor than yeah. an unripe one, and you won't know that it's it was kind of gross and slimy and turned, like when you put an overly ripe blackened banana in your banana bread or or what have
1: you. And if this is a question about taste, don't you know, obviously don't be afraid to put a tablespoon of honey or a tablespoon of agave if you're talking about taste.
0: Yeah.
1: Or frozen Greek yogurt or mm. ice if you don't want something thicker. But I mean to me that always ends up being when people don't add something and they're just using fruits, it's got to be really good and it's gotta, they all have to pair well together. Because mm-hmm. just putting an apple and an orange and a banana and pressing blend is <laughs> not going to be bad, but if you're talking about something that's a treat, that's not going to be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, to go
0: back to your and, sushi and, point, and sometimes and the like- best smoothie is just bananas and blueberries and don't sleep on mint. Oh, also I, I wouldn't be surprised if Andre put a little Molodon flake in his smoothie. Oh you definitely freaky
1: little salt. But son that's of a me, page. but yeah, I'll definitely salt it.
0: Uh, next question, my brother's wife, Camille, asks, why does bread make me fart? <sighs> Great question. No idea. I mean, you know. You know, ferment fermentation same reason why beer makes you fart. She's a yeasty girl. She's she's a yeastier gal. Yeah. You know, bread, uh, bread and other fermented things like that are uh, delicious but unnatural concoctions that the human body will never be used to processing those those gasses.
1: I mean, people people claim that no one gut is alike. That's true. So, I mean, you might just have a stronger reaction digesting yeah, I guess if your body is
0: very good at processing those processed foods that is not necessarily a good thing. Right. Like the people who are like, I eat Carl's an- Jr. every day. I feel fine. Like, that's not good. The answer to me is that you're just too healthy. She's, she's too healthy of a girl.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that, though, because it, it blows my mind that people, like how, yeah, whatever, just how ubiquitous fast food is. And, like, I feel like I'm not functional after eating fast food for a few hours, and people are just like, Fired it up, finally had some lunch, I'm ready to go. And it's just like, well, what are you doing that I'm not when you eat that burger? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean,
0: it's the same, you know, the same thing as like people who smoke a pack a day versus the person who tries their first cig and coughs for an hour. Like, why are you okay with this? Like, it's it's not for a good reason. Why are, are Xanax addicts able to take 50 pills a day when that would kill anyone else? Do you have any Xanax? I don't have any Xanax. I do have Kratom. You want some Kratom? Mm -mm. Oxen Shop says, I like to cook a grain on Sundays while chilling. Fun. (laughs) Ladies, you might be single. Usually farro, barley, brown rice. Anything else I could give a shot that may be out of the ordinary? Zach.
1: I don't think so. I don't know if there's any sleeper grains left.
0: Yeah, I think every grain has been unturned at this point in the world. Maybe experiment- Yeah, If you walk,
1: I mean, look, if you walk down the bulk food section at a Whole Foods, there's nothing that they're missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want to get into it, if you want to look at what Dan Barber's doing or what Anson Mills is doing with certain kinds of heirloom grains that just basically aren't available anywhere except through direct mail order with what they're doing and what they're kind of replanting and what they're bringing back... It's going to be variations and versions of the same grains that you're making, but if you're cooking them that often, you'll notice differences. I mean, there's a Carolina white gold Gold rice. Is that one of Carolina gold? Carolina white gold? Carolina gold. Carolina gold rice that was almost an instinct version of a southern rice strain that... Got brought back by Anson Mills, I think. um, Sean Brock was Mm -hmm. a bit was a proponent of it on one of the TV shows. His drunk ass was a big proponent (laughs) of it. (laughs) And and when you make that rice, you it's a different white rice. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So if you, I mean, I would investigate any kind of heirloom grains from people doing what I just described, as opposed to trying to find a whole new variety. Yeah,
0: I would say that as well. The the ones that are less popular are less popular for a reason because they don't really taste as fun as the faros and the other ones, you know, when, you're, really, when you're scooping up some amaranth and weird shit like that. It's like, it's if, not popping for a reason. If you're in a
1: big city, there's probably a specialty food store that carries something like that. And they're really not that much more expensive. If you care a few dollars more to order mail order, you mm-hmm. know, and they come
0: yeah, vacuum it, sealed up and to a
1: more ball and wild rice. You can buy it in bulk. All those grains freeze really well. Um, freeze your green. I remember buying a bunch of rice in bulk and splitting it between, like, four people and it ended up being really cheap that way. And, like I said, because oh, it freezes and keeps key, well.
0: Splitting the, splitting the kilo down for, exactly. the, whole, for the whole trap. Yeah, the whole Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. Who wants dinner?
0: Who do you have to F to get a reservation at Felix? Every time we try to book,
1: it's booked solid for weeks out. I nah, just wait a little while. But, yeah, I mean... I, that question is, why is the popular restaurant hard to get into? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. The pro- The only problem with that question is is that because of that, your expectations are going to be so high that mm. it probably can't live up to whatever that meal is. And I know Felix is great. Uh, yeah, I would say. But, if- like, but, like, if you're sitting there and you're just like, finally, we tried to get in here for six months, and you're like, yeah, it's pasta. It's really good. I don't. <laughs> know what happened? Yeah, I agree
0: with that. I would. I would. The thing that people usually say of all the all the food industry people that I talk to, you know, people hear about it with all, every restaurant like that, major domo, all the ones that are booked months and this, out.
1: If you ask us in two weeks, the list will be different.
0: Just uh, yeah, yeah. But everyone says. Go there at 5.30. Go there when
1: they open. Hope they have a bar. And and try to sit at the bar. And you'll probably get it.
0: Felix has a small bar area that you can, you know, it's not going to be the full experience and it's not going to be, you know, you're going to be rubbing elbows and people are going to be standing around close to your table, hovering, waiting for their table, but you'll be able to eat the food and
1: it will taste as good. Yeah. I mean, this is the absolute 100% pro tip. And I was going to say the same thing because we've had people on who, because of what they do, can't kind of name drop themselves to get a reservation. So, in that, but they're also, you know, yeah. The point being, these people who do this professionally will tell you, get there 20 minutes before it opens, be the first person when the door swings open, and just say, can I eat? Mm -hmm. And you'll probably, you know, for the most part, eat anywhere in town doing that, potentially. Yeah. You just have to be... But that's not a date night situation, like, hey, honey, put on your nicest stuff. We're going to go see if we can eat at 5 o'clock right now, and maybe we won't. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, so that's not. And she's like,
0: I had lunch three hours ago. It's so hot outside. <laughs> but if
1: you're talking about really wanting to try food in a place you can't get into, that's that's what the pros do. That's
0: about it. That's what the pros do. Um, Aubrey asks, what, uh, what did she say? Oh, yeah. What is your white whale of food, the thing that you just can't seem to get right no matter what, but you keep trying?
1: I think I, I have an answer to this, but I was just trying to think of, like, why I can't ever. All right. That's a tough one. Something like this cropped up in my head, like, last week. I was like, why can't I just make it that good? I mean, there's a lot
0: of things. Like, I mean, like, we were talking about hash browns before. That's definitely one where.
1: Yeah, I've never made a hash brown in my house as good as I've had in a diner.
0: Um, that Not one, Waffle
1: House.
0: Yeah, I would say that, and also like the, the the things that are just the really really hard ones that take tons of technique, like making perfect sushi rice, or right. like making sourdough bread at home, or trying to make uh, pizza at home in your oven. You yeah, it's those those yep. types of things are never really gonna work out the way you. You, the way you want it to work out just because there's so many variables. Or also, a lot of people say that about, like, trying to perfect the perfect French omelette mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, so many things come into play mm-hmm. and you have to get them all right. Every, every single thing has to go perfectly or else it's not going to be what you want. Yes. Things like that, mm. I mean... and But that's, that's what's fun to make. Or also, like... Like roasted chicken is kind of a good example of that. You and I have roasted a hundred chickens in our life, and some of them have been super good, some of them are okay, but you've never been like, this is. It's, never, it's always like, eh, this could have been better. It always could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Line Cook asks uh, Richie Nakano from Chef's Feed, The God... Ignite the mayo versus butter grilled cheese debate, mm. which I, I I like. I like mayo. I mean, like, yes. I think people people are really. Um, I think mayo using mayo as your fat, you know, mayo on the outside and the inside of your bread. Yep. You know, people are doing the mayo slathered steaks, you know, mm-hmm. things like that.
1: Pancakes, uh,
0: pancakes.
1: Yeah, like the Japanese oh, yeah, yeah, rice cooker yeah. pancake. Mm-hmm. Mayo is one of the secret, uh, one of the parts that makes that work.
0: You know what I say? We do here, Richie. I say we do. We do a combination of the two. You make a mayo butter. Mayo butter, butter mayo. That's Can you the- just use clarified butter mixed with egg yolk and make mayonnaise out of butter instead of oil?
1: Is that possible? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a fat. I don't see why not. We got to make mayo butter. I don't know if, I don't, I mean, the way I sit in this debate is kind of like this has zero interest to me. So I'm going to let <laughs> you guys figure that out because it's just like I don't cook like that. I love mayonnaise so I much. love mayonnaise too, but like <clears throat> I think I made a grilled cheese in 04.
0: Yeah, I never make a grilled cheese. <clears throat>
1: um, but, um, I love the idea of having someone try a bunch of shit and letting me try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Richie, I, I ask you,
0: have you ever made mayonnaise out of butter instead of oil? And if that is possible,
1: that's going um, to be our one. I, I find there's a savoriness that mayonnaise is added when it's used as a cooking fat that butter doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think butter is probably more neutral um if that's something that you want to do especially if it's clarified butter Mm -hmm. um that's kind of more specifically what i'm thinking of um you know when you and you have any of those kind of dairy solids in there they burn if you're not clarifying depending on how you're frying with it um but yeah i i would be on the mayo side of frying and
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you if you make mayonnaise out of butter instead of oil, I feel like somebody will. Here we are back to the butter mayonnaise. Somebody will knock on your door. You'll receive an email like if you illegally download a movie torrent or you like do some like weird. Yeah, ir- you'll get a spectrum email you, you for sure. You do some like IRS funny business. Like somebody will audit your kitchen if you if you do something that naughty. I say guaranteed. Uh, Piva San Matthew Piva, uh, two questions. Have you ever looked into someone's shopping cart and instantly cast judgment on them or in turn their selection has made you look at your life <laughs> and your life choices keep potting
1: the good pod boys All right. I've fallen in love with people because ooh. of what was in their cart ooh like what's a
0: what's a what's a heart eyes ingredient to see in a in a lady's cart
1: I think it was like
0: Maybe a bok
1: choy. It was like, I'm thinking of like one time, and I feel like I texted you a picture of it. But it was like a girl that just had like a bunch of vegetables. And it was like a thing of soy milk. And I don't even like soy milk, but it was like things that I buy and then soy milk. And then it was like a bottle of vodka and a bag of potato chips. And she was wearing like a fear shirt. And I was like... I'll marry you right now. You're
0: my wife. I that I I never really cast judgment on somebody's cart as much as I... A lot of times you'll see when they put their, their four things on the conveyor belt at the market and you look at them and you just kind of feel... You feel bad for them. Like, it's either, like... You're 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 either like, oh, your life is not doing so well right now. Yeah, I
1: don't cast those judgments. Yeah, I'm not talking that. about more falling in love than judging somebody who's buying toasters. Yeah, I don't
0: like- I don't judge I don't judge, but I'm more sympathize and I want to reach out to them and be like, don't don't do that, don't don't be do-. like when like when they're buying fine. the ground beef that comes in the the tube, and you're like. Ugh. Or, or, and, or, and you're
1: like, hey, buddy, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go to Burgers Never Say Die, and then I'm gonna,
0: yeah, I do a uh, Smashburger pop up. I'm just buying them. Yeah, and I'm,
1: they offered me a brick and mortar, and I'm I'm rich now, so <laughs> I think I'm good with this tube of burger meat.
0: There, and that, you're like,
1: oh right, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. okay. There's the, uh, like
0: the, just like a like a weird like. Like fig newtons, a bottle of pop and then like the like rainbow sherbet or something like that. Stay out of my cart, right? Just like just like the <laughs> most it fucked alone. up trio of ingredients. I feel going like I've ordered in.
1: Those, I feel like bought those three things together just before. Like,
0: like an Us Weekly, the off brand sleeve of Oreo cookies
1: and A then... get Well card <laughs> and like a Diet Coke. <laughs>
0: A get well card, and then like yeah. the
1: three liter of fake Shasta diet. It's like a, it's like a Kathy like congratulations on your promotion <laughs> card inside, and then you've got like
0: yeah for the stuff one
1: Cadbury egg and a pork chop, a raw pork chop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all of that. The, those <laughs> fucked up combos, and then the ones where it's Dude, like this okay. when you buy the when you buy the fake version of the ingredient that costs twenty cents more, like just. Like you're already here, you're, yeah. you're already at the rock bottom. Like the Ore- the box of Oreos costs a dollar ninety nine, and you're getting the f- box of fake ass Oreos that costs a dollar seventy. Yeah, and you're like, just come on, man. Like, what do you? What's going
1: on? The I mean, the best version of this because I don't feel bad, not judging people, but kind of like relishing in like a little snickering way because there's really nothing good for the most part you can buy unless you're just buying like fruits and vegetables but like when you because it's on it's amped up to such an 11 on steroids at costco when you see because and it's not like if you saw the same shit in somebody's basket it's like honey i shrunk the food it's like when you see a four pack of like tempura fucking fried shrimp you're like at, at Albertsons, you're like, no oh, yeah, you're buying fried shrimp. But when you see somebody with, like, two packages of 100 pieces each in one cart, and you're just like, dude! But that that goes for everything at Costco. Because yeah, then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, you're being naughty. You're buying, like, Oreos. Cool. But then at Costco, you're like, you're buying 2,000 Oreos. <laughs> and then, like, you look at them, and you're just like, oh, you're going to die young.
0: Yeah, at, at Costco, you play the game of Hosting a party or suicidal, like yeah, like you either like yeah, you
1: either you, doomsday prepper ran out of meds mm-hmm. or just like you know, do you just need, having a party?
0: Do you need that much? Yeah, frozen breakfast sausage. Yeah. Um, and then he also asked, "What is the current hot stop in LA to grab a hot cup of Joe?" I mm-hmm. don't know what that means. I guess it's coffee, and you know,
1: I don't. Yeah. I mean, you don't, know. Don't blow our spot up. It's already getting busier. Yeah. Well, you can, luckily,
0: you can find great coffee everywhere. In Los yeah, Andes. DM Jason. Every every block in LA has fine coffee. Go get them, Tiger, all that shit. There's there's going to be dozens of them all over town. Just as, just go anywhere that's not blue bottle, and, and we're good to go. Yeah. Hit it. Truett Deets, Pod God. What up? What up? Um, He has sent me a picture of the food group pyramid of all all the food groups You know, at the bottom, Uh cereals, bread, starches, muffins, rice The the next level, fruits and vegetables The next level, proteins and dairies And then the very top level, you know, your cookies and junk food and candy you must eliminate one brick from the food pyramid, and it will cease to exist. What do you choose, and why? You have to hold your finger on it, or the DM will nah. will expire. Okay. Um, this is a tough one. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm deleting the very top one of the junk food, sweets, cookies chips kind of thing just because you know it I just it, it tastes good but I always feel awful eating it it's processed and junky and luckily I don't have uh, I don't have the palate of a 8 year old so I don't really fats, crave fats oils those sweets of
1: used sparingly I mean yeah I guess I mean you can't really cook food without fat to an extent and be happy as a human I don't think my answer is that you can't eliminate anything out of here Aww. Um, but I guess if I had to, yeah, I would do chips and cookies and fats and stuff. Um, and I guess that leaves, I guess, expeller pressing fish and nuts to make oil to cook with out of and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, bread, cereal, rice, pasta group involves grains. Yeah.
0: I mean, I love I mean, yogurt. You can make butter out of dairy. You can make schmaltz and, and
1: I, tallow out of the meats. I love, but fats and oils are the top pyramid, so I mean, I guess that's kind of like, that's an end game, run around, as far as um, trying to get things you need to cook food with. I love yogurt so much, I'd be really, really sad to not eat yogurt every morning. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is, um, yeah, I don't know. That's There's, why true is one of the greats. Yeah, I don't think you can, you can lose any of those. Too beautiful. Too beautiful. Okay.
0: Uh, next question, Alfett Brenneman. What a name, Alfett Brenneman. Which do you guys prefer, maduros or tostones? What are maduros? I don't. I told him you know. I know our asses are not are. eating of the, any eating any of that real food shit. I used to make tostones. Uh, tostones are really good. I'm gonna Google maduros right now. Uh, Maduros
1: What if it's just like a fried chicken oh, It's like Maduros a name for a fried are, chicken
0: Maduros are fried plantains
1: Oh so are they the sweet ones Because tostones like, are usually The non-sweet Non-sugary Maduros are the sweet ones Yeah I mean tostones Because that's, that's where I lean toward Is salty, fried, crunchy I think I'm more of a tostone sweet. guy as well Love both
0: because I love, because um, when I was in, um,
1: when you mix tostones with the white rice and the black beans, and you use them as like a little vessel for eating, and like the, a like a scoop, the hmm Mufungo is so fucking good. Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. I think about it all the time, actually. Um, and also, uh, when I was in in Bogota, they do the big the 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 big tostones where they get a giant plantain, like the like a foot long daddy. And then they fry it whole. They par fry it whole. And then they smash it down into a flat, like, huarache kind of oval shape. And then fry that again. And then they use that as the base level to put things on top of. And then you eat it all together, like putting a bunch of things on top of a hash brown or something. I'll take that. And that is uh, it's a fun. And, and they kind of do that as their, like, the whole kitchen sink meal, like, Use that as a canvas and then just sausage and meat and cheese and fried onions and peppers and all that shit. Too good. Very good. Uh, Benjamin, what is you and Andre's limit when it comes to fast casual dining, as in how often and how much are you willing to spend? I'm a student, and that's pretty much the scope of my dining out experience right now. Yeah, Uh, I've, I've been talking to my brother about this a lot because he works in the food biz and he's, he's really predicting that all restaurants are going in that fast casual direction just because of the, the minimum wage being raised up to the mm-hmm. point and then eliminating tipping for servers so everything is just going to be turning fast casual and mm-hmm. nobody's going to be making tips anymore because they can't afford to pay everyone and still make money. Um, I mean, if it's, all, if it's all you have, and
1: you, if you're a student and, then you're, and you're on a budget... Look, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I, I think it's hard to answer that question living in Los Angeles because the, the amount of fast, casual restaurants that are as good and culturally specific as fine dining are equal, if mm-hmm. not more so in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, do you save up to eat at Providence or Kispaca or, or Mod or Gwen or like, I mean, what do you, I think it's Benjamin's like, in Australia. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my point is like, depending on your city, your fast casual options, um, often for between Koreatown and Thai town and Mexican food in general and fill in the gaps anywhere else you are in L.A., mm-hmm. I mean, I, I prefer it. I'm probably a lot more happier spending less for that meal than spending more and being less impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if you're not super happy with your fast, casual options, I, I think that's also a great example of, you know, oftentimes food you can learn to cook at home too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but, you know, I mean, I think you're, yeah, your your classic, a lot of your Asian food and Indian food and, you know, a lot of that stuff is usually fast casual takeout and it's all great.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you want to do one more? Yeah. Because we got to get this road on the show. Yep. Um, oh, I got a, one that we'll have to answer off pod. Oh, boy. I've got a few questions about the Instapot. Okay. And, I don't
1: have one, but I've looked at them a lot.
0: I don't have one. I don't know. I think everyone's concern with the Instapot is like, is it really that good or am I going to be a basic bitch no. if I use
1: it? It's kind of the same. Well, look, it's not cost prohibitive to try out is the other thing. I mean, it's not necessarily a throwaway. It's not a burner, but like at 80 bucks, it's like, mm-hmm. it, at the very mm-hmm. least it's going to cook rice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about getting one, but I, I just don't want more stuff in my kitchen. And I there's nothing, I mean, other than its ability as a um, pressure cooker is the only thing that I think really kind of attracts me to it. And then I'd swap out my rice cooker for it. But I also don't feel like I really, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's probably great. And I would believe the hype at this point that it does all those things well. Because what it does... I mean all the things that it do are not complicated tasks. Like a pressure mm-hmm. cooker is not a really complicated piece of equipment. A rice cooker is not a complicated piece of equipment. And if people are saying they love theirs and it does those things well, I think that's enough to tell you like, yeah, do it. Get one. Send me one. I'm I'll test curi- it out for I'm you and let you know. To try it. Um, I almost bought one at last, whatever, Amazon Day, if it's called Amazon Day, when it was just like, I think the one you want was like $60, and then I forgot to get it. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, is a box grater make you a basic bitch for cooking with it? I mean, like, <laughs> think of everything in the kitchen. If it does all the things that it says it does well, those are all tools that people love to use and are great. Mm-hmm. And And I'm assuming it does all those things well because people say it in large numbers.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just have to ask, will any mom will know all about Instapots?
1: I mean, mommy, I mean, it's kind of like, it's just like, I don't know if you're worried about having that as a piece of a kitchen equipment, then you're doing it wrong. Because Mm -hmm. if you're trying to dress the part, being like, well, I only cook with a sous vide one, like whatever, like if you think because someone else uses that, that's a mom or whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, then just don't cook if that's how you're approaching it because you got it all wrong. Then you're just being fashioned behind the burner.
0: Amen. Last question Victor Viega. I need a quick starter guide to a Korean restaurant order that's not just bulgogi and
1: soon tofu, if possible.
0: Thanks, man. I liked (sighs) your episode a while back talking about Yuchan. I still got to hit that spot.
1: I mean, that's just get, I mean, there's a million things, but also, yeah, get that too. Like that. I mean, it's kind of like saying, like, man, what else do I get besides fried chicken? And you're like, Fried chicken is great. Mm-hmm. Like you just mentioned, two of my favorite things to eat in the entire world. But yeah, there's a there's a ton of things you can get.
0: I would say if, if you want to start expanding a little bit more now that summertime is approaching, I really like the uh, the. I, na- you're gonna say it. The, the, just the, say it. The nem young. Just say it. Cold the cold noodle soup. I actually had it. some at um at Western Doma a couple of days ago. They had they do a spicy cold noodles cold noodle bowl that was good. Who did you go to Western Doma with? I, I go... I take meetings there every week. I, I go there all the time, Andre. Um, <laughs> a, uh, I had I had some friends in from out of town.
1: It's my go-to. No, it's my go-to.
0: I've taken over now, and <laughs> Grandma Halmany is my grandma
1: now. <sighs> she hugs me every time. Um, but hug. yeah, that's a good one. She's I actually think... over at my house right now. Um I think like pen squid in Jang, like sauteed pen squid is always like one of mm. my, is usually something that, you know, I think if you're looking for something more adventurous, but is 90% of the time really mild and sounds a lot more seafoody or fishy or intimidating than it is. Mm-hmm. Texture-wise and taste-wise, it's always kind of like an easy, yeah, in, a ubiquitous thing in, in a lot of Korean restaurants. Uh, I think
0: getting into the stews are really good the uh, The first stew that most the most accessible one is like the stewed short ribs, yeah kind of like a sweet sauce that they, they kind of braise all day long. Those are really good. A lot of my friends who are actually Korean always love getting the spicy um, black cod stew yep that's a that 's a great one to to get into and then I also like this Korean Chinese dish called jajammyung, which is like uh noodles in a black bean paste, mm-hmm. kind of like a healthier feel for a dandan noodle. Yep. Uh, I don't know about healthier, but yeah, it's not, got not a hel- dandan vibe. It's not healthier, but it, it it sits lighter in my body than a normal dandan, I guess. Okay. Um that and then one last one. When I go uh when I go get soon Tofu at BCD Tofu House, I like to get the whole fried fish. Mm-hmm. They usually—that's usually like a nice lighter alternative to getting just
1: bulgogi or a plate of kalbi.
0: Yeah, or a plate of kalbi, and then make sure. I, I if-
1: mean, I order kalbi more. Like, so that's the short ribs. I order that more than I order bulgogi. Mm-hmm. So, if you're literally looking for something just not bulgogi, kalbi's my favorite, and that's mm-hmm. where you've got bone in. You know frozen, usually sliced on a bandsaw, really thin style um mm. over fire mm. and
0: also the um the Korean version of chicken noodle soup I really like on a for a heartwarming meal they it's a mild one, but it's good it's mild it's more mild it'll be on the menu listed often as like hand cut or fresh cut yeah noodle chicken noodle soup and it'll have. It'll be like a very thick broth of chicken noodle soup. Sometimes it'll have a crab apple in it.
1: Or a whole chicken, depending on where you or go to get it. A whole it'll just come in it. a pot with a whole but chicken. But it's, it's a
0: very homey, comforting meal, not super si- spicy or seasoned. And then you can kind of add more flavors to customize it however you want it to be. And definitely chuck down that soju. with uh, And when you get the soju, order, uh, order lemons and squeeze those lemons into your soju cup, and it makes the. You just get peach soju. Uh, whenever I try to order the flavored soju, the server always tells me like, "Oh, that's that's for a girl to order." That's fine. I I just like the regular one, and then squeeze the lemon in. Andre, thank you so much for doing this podcast. You got you it. You could follow him on social media nowhere, and you can just <laughs> DM me questions about his personal life. Mm-hmm. Continue to do that. you could follow me at themjeans and the stewpodcast.com is a website where all of the episodes live, and uh, a listener uh, hit me up a couple weeks ago and has been helping kind of transcribe the episodes to have uh, a few people were hitting me up about it. Her, uh, her name is Anna Anna Lantigua. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're asking like all the stuff you talk about every episode, could you like do a blog post about all of the things so we can find them easier and and she's been nice enough to do that for us oh, wow. for the last couple of weeks, so it's cool I, I started posting it on on the stew podcast, so every episode it'll have kind of a bullet point list with hyperlinks of like Andre talked about this was his favorite thingy, and you can click on it, and Jason and blah, blah, blah yelled at each other about this f- flavor of La Croix, or whatever it is, and it's all,
1: Amazing. Every, everything
0: that we covered is all there with the That's hyperlinks sweet of and you. everything. Thank you for doing that. So thanks, Anna, and have, uh, she asked us a question that we're not going to answer.
1: We can answer one more for her.
0: Um, she She's going camping, I think, in the Grand Canyon, and she was asking for some good kind of camp, Camping meal ideas. Did she say how soon she's doing it? I think she's going this weekend. Shit. <laughs> Why
1: good camping ideas?
0: Some ca- some camping. Well,
1: I was going to say, like, let, let's sit on it for a week and give her a good answer. But I um, mean, it's t- I, uh, I'm not much of a camper. So I don't, I'm I not mean, much of a camper either. I would
0: say just look at like, old episodes of... Uh, like Go to the... Uh, I mean, my
1: th- my where I would start from is what? how can you cook? And it's going to be a lot of boiling. It's going to be like, I, I would imagine then like you're going to use fire. You're going to have like one cast iron pot you can make. So I'd bring, you know, like some dried beans or some dried grains and some fat and try and get the most out of whatever you can bring with you. So mm-hmm. you're bringing things like salt. And if instead of salt, maybe bring soy sauce or or whatever, like most bang for your buck as far as seasoning wise. But I would figure out how you're going to cook first and then try and go from there.
0: Buy a bunch of Cliff bars and eat those. Yeah. But I I, I would say for inspiration, go find the Francis Malman uh, Patagonia episode of Mind of a Chef where they spend an hour of him exploring his island home on Patagonia in Chile of just like all of the campfire style shit that he does. And then that will give you a lot of inspiration of like, you know, like the big giant open fire and then hanging whole chickens on, on string that slowly cook all day. And then the fat drips down and you're roasting potatoes in the fat and, you know, or, or cooking with like molasses and browning and blackening tomatoes. And He's all making that. all
1: this up. He would never do this himself. Just fly
0: He's, fly fishing and hand catching trout that you then salt bake uh, on the on the shores of the yeah. river Patagonia. Yeah. Just
1: yeah. do stuff like that. Should have skipped this one.
0: And then in the morning you uh, have mm-hmm. your your coffee that you enjoy with your cigar, and then you read some poetry. Just do stuff I'm going like
1: to let that. Jason finish this one. I'm going to I'm going to head out.
0: Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, and guys. We will see you guys next week.
1: Bye.